Welcome back to the Knock On Sports, and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, and Kyle has been a part of the show since I got here. Spring of 2017, it is Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports, joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Kyle, it is great to chat with you once again, man, and a little bittersweet as well, as this will be likely the final time you and I chat on the Knock On Sports. I was going to say, I was kind of hoping you'd ask me how I was, because then I would tell you I'm sad because of everything you just mentioned. So, um, but happy to be on the show one final time, because this has been definitely a highlight for me the last few years, getting on chat on your show. And um, I'm happy we get one more go around before you, you leave Montana. Well, I was about to say, man, you've been on this show so long. You've been three different places because we had you on when you were in Billings covering spring sports. Then we had you on when you were in Missoula, and you still are, but you were with the Missoulian and 406 at the time, and now you're with Montana Sports. So, yeah, it's been a fun ride, man. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's funny when you bring it up like that because I remember the first time I was ever on your show, and I believe it was before it was either before state or district basketball, or no, state or divisional basketball tournaments back mm-hmm. in 2017 when I was at the Gazette. So yeah, I know it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I have been in three spots and Anthony has stayed in one. <laughs> uh, probably a better way to do things than sometimes. So, um, but yeah, no, I've loved every minute of it, man. It's always fun. And obviously, I mean, got to be in the studio once with you, which was great. And, um, just, uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Well, then, of course, too, a couple of years ago, you stayed with me and we covered the double uh, A state track and field meet along with, I think it was class B that was there was a class C. I was B. Yeah, B and double A. That's right. Yeah, so that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, like I said, a lot of memories, a lot of stories that Kyle and I can share for sure. And with that, Kyle, we'll get to some of those here in a second. But first off, man, um, I just want to get your thoughts on last night's game. You've been, I know how much of a basketball junkie you are. uh, And I want to get your thoughts on what did you take away from uh, the Gonzaga-Baylor National Championship game? Oh, man. I, I mean, I, I thought it was a great game, honestly. I, I mean, yeah, the score was kind of a blowout, but, you know, Gonzaga, to their credit, did make it interesting there kind of in the latter half of the first half. And then in the second half, they had their moments. They got within single digits, which, you know, and but, man, Baylor's fun to watch. And I just, you know, honestly hadn't really seen much Baylor basketball until the tournament. And watching them play against a team like Gonzaga – I mean, up and down effort left and right. Like it's, I mean, it sounds coach speak and it sounds corny, but like when you have a team that's just run, 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 you know, they were clogging up the passing lanes. You know, there's that highlight that's obviously going around where I can't remember who it was, but he tipped the ball. It was going out of bounds, jumped out to save it. He almost did. Um, You know, the ball was still live and like, it was just all of that. They'd get the ball, they'd run, they'd gun. There was that awesome sequence when Gonzaga was kind of coming back in the second half where Baylor had a block, went fast break, and then got an open three, which pretty much kind of took momentum from Gonzaga for like the rest of the game. I think that happened about halfway through the second half. And, you know, I I just, I mean, I thought it was a great game. I thought the women's game was awesome. I mean, I'm I'm an Arizona alum, so it was awesome seeing the way that program's turned around. But I thought that tournament also lived up to expectations. I thought, I thought both NCAA tournaments were, were great, honestly. Yeah, especially in what is a difficult year, and I can only imagine, uh, you know, just trying to deal with those bubbles and, and all those types of things because it was definitely a very different tournament. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, you know, it's not easy. These kids obviously are away from their families, which is hard, and, you know, you feel bad for them in that regard, but, it was, you know, it was good. And obviously we missed it last year, so I think definitely everybody was kind of a little nostalgic with it and missing what the tournament had to offer. And, but, you know, the quality play was great. There was, I mean, everybody wants a tournament full of upsets. Um, 
and they got it with the men's with the men's tournament for sure. And they want that. They want they everybody. They want either a lot of upsets or they want the best teams to play. Well, in the men's tournament, they got both because they got a ton of upsets and ultimately the two best teams in the country, as, as everybody thought all year long, and Gonzaga and Baylor ultimately played each other. You know, to make up for the game that got canceled back in December. So really pleased with it. And then. You know, I know you're going to bring it up here shortly, but I mean, the highlight for me obviously was uh, Oregon State. And you know, watching some some uh, local ties kind of carry the the Beavers to the Elite Eight. Well, I was about to say, Kyle, you had a great, you've had numerous stories about the Wayne Tinkle family and Wayne Tinkle himself, the head coach for Oregon State, who got a contract extension yesterday from Oregon State. Um, so, what was it like chatting with him and just covering the Tinkle family? Because I'll tell you what, they definitely, it wasn't just Wayne, it was that entire family throwing their support behind uh, Wayne and that basketball team. It's awesome, man. I mean, I, you know, I had the, um, I believe we talked about this on your show actually back when it happened, but last February, Pre-COVID, I got to go to Corvallis to do kind of a big feature series on the entire family, kind of culminating in a big feature about Trace just before he broke the Oregon State scoring record. So I got to catch up with uh, Jocelyn and Ellie for a story. I did a story on Lisa Tinkle, who Great Falls native, one of the best Lady Grizz basketball players of all time. Obviously caught up with Wayne, who I'd spoken to many, many times prior to that, and Trace, who I'd also interviewed many times. And I mean, the family is just incredible. I mean, it, it was kind of cool because everybody got to see what, how, how much fun the Tinkle family is and how connected they are and supportive they are of each other. But I saw that last year, you know, and I mean, here I am. I hadn't met half of them and they really rolled out the red carpet for me out in Corvallis. I think I was out there for like five days. I got to interview everybody at their homes. I got to spend time with them and get to know them, you know, not just in the interview settings, but like just talking as people. And they are as grounded as they appear. Like they're, you know, obviously very public figures have, you know, had great sports careers. And obviously Wayne has one of the highest profile jobs in the state of Oregon right now. And they're just as grounded as you would expect and how they, how they appear. And, and I just really like that. And I couldn't be happier for that success too, because, you know, Wayne catches a lot of flack from fans for his, from his time in Oregon state. And a lot of people don't realize that like his during his stretch, the team's usually above 500. It's a very hard place to coach and recruit in the Pac-12. Like Corvallis obviously is not a destination point. And to see kind of them persevere through another tough season like this year, I believe they lost Arizona by like 30 points earlier this year. They turned around with like a three or four game winning streak. And then obviously it made their run in the Pac-12 tournament. So I just thought it was a lot of cool. or I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, we didn't get a Montana in the basketball tournament this year as we have the previous few tournaments. So it was nice to see a connection and have a real reason to kind of watch and, you know, enjoy it. Because, like I said, it couldn't happen to nicer people. And, I mean, they were fun to watch and, um, you know, happy for Wayne, happy he got the extension and happy they, you know, were kind of recognizing, like, okay, you know, like the job he's doing here is good. Like, there's been ups and downs, but, like, I, I think that this was, like, a, a true showing of what is possible in, in Corvallis for sure. Right now, we are with Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports. Coming up next, we're going to get his thoughts on some Grizz football as Montana gets ready to host Central Washington this weekend. We'll discuss that next. Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. 
We're talking Grizz football with Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports. Uh, Kyle, uh, you know, we finally have football. Granted, albeit just pretty much an exhibition game, but uh, just give me your thoughts as you got some football to cover this weekend. We do, and don't call it an exhibition, man. I'm telling you, they Uh-oh. are. <laughs> they are. Uh, they, this is not an exhibition. That is not how the Grizzlies are appearing this or approaching this at all. Um, they are full in on, you know, this is a game. And, and it is, you know, I mean, it, they're, it's only a two-game spring season. They're not working towards postseason, obviously, but stats count and things like that. And, uh, you know, Bobby, as we've talked to him very often, he's given us all, you know, some uh, given us uh, all uh, some jokes the other day just because we're all kind of asking him if they're going to kind of approach this as in, like, spring games. And, you know, he's like, no. <laughs> you know, he's like, these are games, these count. You know, we have to come out and play like it is a game. And so... So be careful, Anthony. But uh, <laughs> they so. But anyway, it, it's it is really exciting. I mean, shoot, we're going to get Grizz football in Missoula for the first time in over a year, which is exciting. And I had only covered a couple of games when I had just jumped over to Montana Sports, and so um, it's crazy just because like I got a couple of games and the whole everything got canceled. Um, they had the playoff run that year, so I'm really excited. I think it's kind of cool. It's been kind of fun to kind of dive into what the team has a little bit more and kind of understand um, what the Grizz bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they bring back a lot of talent that I, I think, you know, they lost a lot for sure. And, you know, the big one was uh, Dalton Sneed and uh, Dante Olsen. But, you know, they bring a lot of players back, and I think it'll be interesting to see how those guys kind of mesh with some of the younger players and, you know, what they'll do with the younger players, how much time they will actually see in the spring. Because typically in spring football, that's who you see play. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see the the projected starters play a couple series and then the younger guys get in and they play a lot more in these scrimmages. Well, this, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure how much they're going to see if at all, just depending on how these games go, obviously if it's a blowout, they'll probably come out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I think the Grizz bring a lot of talent back on both sides of the ball. And, you know, we're going to have two fun home games. I just hope the weather in Montana just is nice to us for once. and won't actually snow on Saturday like it's supposed to. So, but I, uh, someone who grew up here, I know that's typically probably not what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I can always count on Mother Nature to throw a little curveball there. And with that being said, Kyle, I mean, this, this football team, as you mentioned, definitely a lot of talent coming back, definitely some question marks they have to answer, but it feels like they definitely have the guys that are capable of filling in some pretty big shoes, maybe not exactly living up to the uh, predecessors. But at the same time, what position, what area, or a couple players are you keeping an eye on that have you kind of interested well, I think what's interesting is because a few years ago, the biggest question mark for the Grizz was the offensive line. And I think this year it might be one of their biggest, strongest suits. And in terms of like experience and what they bring back, like it's not really so much a bunch of new guys, you know, and they, they bring back four guys who at, at Montana, you're considered a starter if you started in three or more games in the previous season. And they bring four guys back on the offensive line who have that. And so that, that'll be interesting. Defensive line, they bring three guys back. Linebacker, they bring back two, including uh, Patrick O'Connell's from your neck of the woods, who was the sacks leader for the Grizzlies in 2019. He come, I think he had six and a half sacks or something like that. So he's back. Uh, Jace Lewis, who was also right alongside Dante Olsen, the linebacker, was, he was a great linebacker. He's back, obviously, to kind of anchor that defense. And then, you know, looking at their offense, they have Samuel Akem and Marcus Knight, who are both incredible skills position players. And then at quarterback, Cam Humphrey, who saw time when Dalton Sneed got hurt. I mean, he's back. He's got experience. 
you know, a big, that's a big thing for the Grizz because Bobby mentioned how like, you know, teams rarely have a second quarterback on their team who's got game experience like Cam Humphrey does. So they have that. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how all of that comes together because we got used to seeing Dalton Sneed, Dante Olson, Jesse Sims, Josh Sandry for so many years. And now it's just some of these new phases, but a lot of people don't realize like, oh, these guys also have a lot of experience in the field as well. So these will be two good games to see where they're at. And, you know, this is the crew they're going to take in the fall. So, um, you know, this is nice to get them some cohesion together now. And then obviously a few months off until they hit uh, fall ball once, once August rolls around. Kyle, let me get your thoughts on this because this is a player that you covered when he was at Billings Senior, a guy that obviously had a great breakout season uh, in 2018. Unfortunately, he had a little bit of trouble in 2019 with some injuries. But Gabe Solser, what's the latest on him and where does he fit? Um, I, you know, I think he's going to fit into the starting spot of their uh, slot receiver. I think he's going to kind of take over what Jerry Louis McGee was doing for the Grizzlies. Yeah, he had some injury issues, unfortunately, for Gabe. But, you know, he had a great freshman year. I think he only touched the ball like 14 times, and he scored four, four of those times, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, and they, you know, did some new things with him. They utilized the speed. So that his first career touch for the Grizz was actually a handoff. It was like a, a pitch play, like a fly sweep. And he took it to the house for like 60-some yards or whatever. So his speed is there. I think that's what his role will be. I think it will be interesting because, obviously, they're trying to fill Jerry Lou McGee and Samori Toure's shoes because he transferred to Nebraska. But I think you have guys like Gabe and Mitch Roberts, who's from Missoula, who will both kind of slot into those positions, you know, take over maybe starting positions, see extra snaps. You know, I think those two guys, they've really proved that they can handle it. So for Gabe, especially, you know, like I said, injury setbacks are tough. And, it, you know, that happens a lot in football, unfortunately. But I think, you know, he's slotted in there to be, you know, kind of a playmaker for the Grizz. And I think, you know, he works hard. You know, he's one of the, toughest athletes I think I've ever covered or met and obviously I've covered him since he was a junior in high school so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do and kind of how they will fit some of these position players who you know at, at this point in my journalism career a lot of these kids I covered in high school like Patrick O'Connell I covered when he was playing basketball I covered Mitch Roberts when he was quarterback for Sentinel so now it's kind of fun to see how they're going to you know fit in with these college teams and I think I, I like what I'm going to see or I like what I've seen from Gabe and Mitch so far so now that the guys ahead of them who've been here for so long are now graduated and moved on, I think you know they're going to be looked to to really carry some more of that load. Kyle, quickly go over to Grizz and Lady Grizz basketball. What's the latest you're hearing on that in terms of transfers? And then have has any headway been made in terms of the Lady Grizz head coaching position? Not a hundred percent. It didn't sound like much headway has been made. I you know I I re- did recently speak with Ken Haslam and he just mentioned that you know they're kind of kind of in the thick of it you know and really kind of weighing all the candidates. And so I think that's going to go on for a little bit longer. Yesterday we had uh, Hannah Thurman. She transferred from the Lady Grizz. She started in every game. As far as I'm just kind of hearing from her is that she just kind of wanted to go home back to Missouri and finish her degree there. Not a hundred percent sure. I don't, I don't think she's going to play basketball. I think she's just kind of, you know, just kind of wanted to go home, um, you know, which, which happens for sure. And uh, then they lost, the men lost Darius Henderson who never really played for the Grizzlies, he transferred. He was a mid-year transfer back in 2020, and he never really played. If I was to guess, that would probably be the final transfer for the men. The women, I'm not 100% sure because right as it stands, they have 13 players set to come back and two incoming freshmen. And, you know, who knows with how this how things go with the hiring, you know, how, how do things go? Because I know sometimes if, you know, a coach that they didn't sign up to play for isn't hired, 
then will some people leave? You know, it was we, it was different with the Grizz because obviously when Shannon Schwain wasn't retained, Mike Petrino, Jordan Sullivan, Nate Coville, and Jace Henderson were all already on the staff. So, you know, most of the staff was still there. So, you know, as far as that job, I think it's kind of a wait and see, you know, what happens. Obviously, I think Mike has a really strong case to be back as the Lady Grizz coach. They had a good season last year. They, they you know, they exited earlier than they would have wanted. But, you know, at the core of it, Lady Grizz were, I believe, I can't remember what specific, I think they were the sixth seed in the tournament. You know, they had some ups and downs for sure, but it's his first year as a head coach. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a little bit longer before this job is, you know, solidified. And then from there, maybe there'll be more movement or there won't be. And, you know, who knows if, you know, Mike is retained. And I'm just saying this hypothetically, I don't know anything here, but, you know, say he's retained, no one leaves and maybe they bring in another player, you know, maybe they find someone in the portal. So, you know, I think the men are pretty well set as far as like, you know, they have a few players coming in. They might get another player or two out of the portal, but I don't foresee anybody really leaving the women. It's, you know, it kind of hinges, I think, on this job and uh, what they ultimately decide to do going forward with the program. My feature guest, Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports. Kyle, if they want to follow your work, how can they do that? Uh, you can follow me, uh, like you said, on montanasports.com and watch us live every night on 530 and 10 o'clock on KPAX. And then obviously, if you want to follow any live updates that I might be doing in any game, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at khansen, S-E-N, at 406. Kyle, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate your friendship as well. I know I'm going to chat with you before I leave one more time, but really do appreciate everything that you've done and, and being part of this show the last several years. I can't say thank you enough, man. Yeah, and Tim, likewise, man. I can't thank you enough for having me on. You've been such a great friend. I mean, uh, you mentioned it right at the top, but for those who don't know, Anthony has let me crash at his house before, just you know, his place to stay as much hospitality as anybody's ever given me before. And, you know, I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate your friendship always, you know, we've worked in tandem with stories together. You've helped me if I've had questions kind of up in your neck of the woods. And so, uh, you know, you've done a great job up there. You've been a great sports voice up in the Flathead Valley. I know uh, you got some crazed fans up there who are just kind of dying for sports. And, you know, I think you've done a good job providing that for them. So thank you as well for having me on the show. And I will miss you as a friend, but obviously, uh, I will see you when you come down here and we will be in touch going forward for sure.